Welcome to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin Solomon, Senior Rabbi of Congregation Beth Hillel in Roswell, Georgia. Beth Hillel is one of the largest Messianic Jewish synagogues in the world and provides a place where Jewish people can find the Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus in Hebrew, and retain their Jewishness. It's also where Gentiles worship and embrace the roots of the faith in drawing closer to God. Click the link in the description to support this ministry or to view our YouTube channel. Let's join Rabbi Kevin now as he shares this word from Scripture. You know, friends, it's so easy to forget. It's really easy to forget. To forget what? Well, you don't remember, so you don't know what you forgot. No. Listen, I've visited a lot of people in the hospital over the years, and sometimes I visit people in the hospital who are not a part of Beth Hillel, or, or sometimes I visit people in the hospital who maybe haven't been to Beth Hillel in a while, and I'll just get this call sometimes out of the blue and say, so-and-so who hasn't been, but, but they're, they're hoping that you might be able to come, or Okay, and, and, and I'll visit people, sometimes Bethel people, whatever. And, and, I'll, and when I visit people in the hospital, oftentimes they're hurting. I mean, listen, it's no fun to be in the hospital. A lot of people in the hospital right now, it, it's no fun to be in the hospital. Nobody likes it, and, and these people are hurting. And I got to tell you, though, at the same time, it's amazing how religious people become when they're sitting on a hospital bed. When they're laying on a hospital bed, suddenly people are very religious. People who normally aren't that particularly religious, right? Suddenly they're laying there on that hospital bed. They're hurting. Beep, 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 beep. The thing is going, man, that drive you insane. Beep, beep. Of course, the alternative is not good either. Beep. You don't want that. And so in any case, is that beep, do the drip, 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 the IV drip. Hi, Rabbi. Okay, people are hurt, and you're in the hospital, and they've, they've become very, very religious. Uh, and, and it's interesting because when I was writing this message, I reflected on a number of people I visited in the hospital who eagerly desired for me to pray for them. Would you, would you like for me to pray for you? Oh, yes, Rabbi, please, please. Yes, please, Rabbi, pray for me. Yes, yeah, people are just excited and, and eager and, and grateful when I, when I say a prayer for them in the hospital that the Lord would touch them. But, you know, now when I reflect on some of these people, I ask, where are you? <laughs> where are you? Where are you? So very eager to hear from God in that bed. So desperate to be healed and out of pain. But now, with a hospital bed well into the past, God has slipped down the priority list. Perhaps you still claim to believe in God, but your actions speak differently than they did before. And this just doesn't have to be somebody who was in the hospital. This can happen 
in time, just with time, as your spiritual walk attrits and atrophies through lack of use. And, and when God first brought us into his fold, we were so excited and, and zealous for him. But as time goes on, it gets further in the rearview mirror and out of sight, out of mind. And then what happens? Your actions speak differently than your words. Perhaps you no longer pray regularly. You don't read the word as much as you used to. You don't share the good news with others as much as you once did. Think about this for yourself. I know you're at your home oftentimes and you're perhaps on your couch watching or in a chair. Think about this for yourself. Maybe you're not sharing the good news as much as you used to about Moshiach, about Messiah. You may give unto the Lord, but you no longer tithe. You don't come to God's house as regularly. What happened? What happened? At this point, I, I can imagine some wise guy saying, well, I'm not at services, Rabbi, because of the coronavirus. I know. I'm not talking about right now. I get that, okay? Of course. That's why you're not here. That's why the place is empty. I get that, okay? Oh, why would be there? Okay, okay, okay. Good, good, good. I'm talking about on a regular basis being in the house of the Lord. Is God, in all these areas, is God no longer worthy of your effort? Now, that you don't seem to need him as much. You just have other priorities. Let's examine ourselves today. Let's look into our hearts to determine when we have this time and when we have this moment in time, this season, where there's not a lot of other things on our plate right now. It is the time to examine our hearts truly and deeply to determine where we're at, and what we need to change and improve, because it's Passover. It's Passover. In any case, I, I, I do hope you were able to get some matzah and have been partaking of it since Wednesday night, but we need to understand what matzah is and what matzah represents. This is something that was just a new revelation to me to understand the, the full uh, context of it and, the, and a, a deeper understanding of it, especially in its fullness. And so let's turn to Deuteronomy chapter 16 and, and see what the Word of God says about the matzah and, and its important role and what it represents and, uh, and see if we can gain some insights uh, from it. Okay, so Deuteronomy chapter 16, please. In the Torah, starting in verse 2, it says this, Sacrifice as the Passover to the Lord your God, an animal from your flock or herd, at the place the Lord will choose as a dwelling for his name. Do not eat it with bread made with yeast, but for seven days eat unleavened bread, the bread of affliction. Because you left Egypt in haste, so that all the days of your life you may remember the time of your departure from Egypt. Okay, so the matzah, 
the unleavened bread, is also known as the bread of affliction. It's very interesting because the scriptures tell us we left Egypt in haste. We couldn't wait. We didn't have the time for the dough to rise. We had to eat it unleavened. We had to get out of there. And you have to understand what we also were coming out of as a people. We were coming out of 10 brutal plagues like the world has never seen. 10 brutal plagues. And beyond that, we come out of centuries of slavery. We've been slaves for centuries. You talk about afflicted. Friends, our, 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 our mishpacha, our people were afflicted. Of that, there is no doubt. And so it's interesting because if you look at matzah, even the bread itself looks afflicted. <laughs> I mean, right? All of you have been having matzah this week. You know, pick up a piece of matzah and you'll see. This is not what bread normally looks like. Normally, bread's this beautiful loaf. I'm, I'm sorry, I know that you're eating your matzah right now. You don't want to be too reminded. But, but you know, the, usually the big fluffy loaf and it's all nice. And I like King Hawaiian rolls myself. I'm a King Hawaiian roll guy. Uh, this is not an endorsement per se. I know we're on live stream, but if the King Hawaiian, if the King would like to send me some of his rolls from Hawaii, I am open to it. Uh, Beth Hillel, send them just right to us, uh, King. We would appreciate it. I love the King Hawaiian rolls. Ooh, those sweet rolls are so good. I, I, it's Passover. What am I doing? I'm afflicting myself right now. This is not good. Okay, matzah, matzah, yes. Uh, the, even the matzah itself does not look quite right. It is the bread of affliction. And God says that all the days of our life, we should remember how God saved us from this affliction. See, the bread reminds us of that. Because the bread we're eating during matzah, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, uh, Passover time, is different. This bread is different. It's not the normal bread. It's the bread of affliction, God says. It reminds us. When you eat that, you know, okay, something's different. I'm being reminded of something by the bread. We must remember that. The bread is to remind us of something, the matzah. See, it's interesting because most Passovers are fairly normal or typical. Like, I know I've been to Passover seders my whole life, a whole bunch of them. I mean, my, I remember my dad, of course, was our retired rabbi, and, and uh, he used to do Passover Seder demonstrations all over the place, all over the South. And I used to go with him as a kid, Seder after Seder after, sometimes in one Seder season, we might do 15 Seders at different places. So man, I've been to a lot of Seders, of that there is no doubt, and you have too, and a lot of them are fairly typical and beautiful, but we're in a prosperous America and we take it all for granted. We're all collectively, watch out now, here it comes. We're collectively a little bit like the people who were in the hospital, but have forgotten what it's like to be in the hospital and we take God for granted. But this year is different. This year is different. Why? Because the plague is upon us. The affliction is here. And what will you do with this?
what will you do with this? When you're eating your matzah now, it's not with lots of people and dozens of people. We're not having our big Passover Seder at the, the community center, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people. Nope, it's very small and very subdued. It's different. It's got a different feel to it this year even. What are you going to do with this? Are you going to simply brush it aside and simply wait for the all clear? All clear. Well, we're all waiting for the all clear. Okay, sure enough. But is that all you're doing? Brushing aside this season? Just like, I just want to get this in the rearview mirror and get back to the all clear? Or will you seek to make changes in your life this season? Will you seek to make changes in your life? Use this opportunity, and in particular, this Passover season, this Passover time that we're in right now. Second Chronicles, please, chapter 30. Second Chronicles, please, in the Tanakh. Second Chronicles, chapter 30. We're going to hear here about King Hezekiah. King Hezekiah. He was a good king of Judah. This is Melech Yehezkiahu. King Hezekiah was a, a good, one of the few good kings of Judah. And uh, in Passover, once he took over and, and started his reign and got into his reign, he realized that he was trying to bring God back to the Jewish people. And, uh, and, and it was recognized that Passover had not been celebrated like it should have for many, many years. And as part of King Hezekiah's reign, he decided to follow the Lord again and to bring back Passover. So King Hezekiah said, it's, we need to be bringing back Passover and remembering what happened. So now we're going to pick up the story in 2 Chronicles chapter 30. And here we go. The king and his officials and the whole assembly in Jerusalem decided to celebrate the Passover in the second month, verse 3, they had not been able to celebrate it at the regular time because not enough priests had consecrated themselves and the people had not assembled in Jerusalem. The plan seemed right both to the king and the whole assembly. They decided to send a proclamation throughout Israel from Beersheba to Dan, calling the people to come to Jerusalem and celebrate the Passover to the Lord, the God of Israel. It had not been celebrated in large numbers according to what was written. Wow, interesting. So we see here during King Hezekiah's rule something very interesting. We see that the people had so forgotten the Lord that they had basically missed Passover. They had missed the regular date of Passover. The priests, not even enough of them were consecrated to be able to make the sacrifices. This is the, the children of Israel had missed Passover. It was just not being followed. The masses were not doing it. And King Hezekiah saw this. But in the Torah, it's interesting because God had established a second date that could work for Passover if you missed the first one in the first month. And it's called Pesach Shani. I did a message on Pesach Shani a couple years ago, also known as the second Passover. What is that? that? That's an opportunity for people to have Passover if they missed it the first time around. They still, that's how important Passover is that we're all in right now. And, and, and in any case, though, we read that that Hezekiah wanted to celebrate it, and it had not been celebrated by the people for very, very many years. So this is important context contextually to understand. So here are the people. 
They, 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 they've not been doing what they should have been doing. King Hezekiah says, let's do the Passover and let's pick up the story. Second Chronicles chapter 30, continuing now verse six. At the king's command, couriers went throughout Israel and Judah with letters from the king and his officials, which read, okay, so here is the, the letter and the proclamation from King Hezekiah to the children of Israel about the Passover. And you get ready because I'm gonna tell you something, preview uh, foreshadow, spoiler, this message is for us. People of Israel, return to the Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, that he may return to you who are left, who have escaped from the hand of the kings of Assyria. Do not be like your parents and your fellow Israelites who were unfaithful to the Lord, the God of their ancestors, so that he made him an object of horror, as you see. Do not be stiff-necked as your ancestors were, Submit to the Lord. Come to his sanctuary, which he has consecrated forever. Forever. Serve the Lord your God so that his fierce anger will turn away from you. If you return to the Lord, then your fellow Israelites and your children will be shown compassion by their captors and will return to this land. For the Lord your God is gracious and compassionate. He will not turn his face from you if you return to him. Mm, amen. Man, I feel good just reading that one. This is the nature of our God. He loves us and he's compassionate to us. Wow, that's powerful. King Hezekiah was a better preacher than me. He, he, he gave that message, and that was a repentance message, a revival, and of turning back to the Lord in such a powerful way. And speaking to a people who had really not been following God like they should have, he told them, listen, you've forgotten what our people went through. You've forgotten what our people went through, how God brought us out and saved us. That's the story of the Passover. Change and follow him with all your heart and with a renewed zeal, and God will be there for you and he will be gracious to you, and he will be compassionate to you. Man, friends, that's powerful. And how did the people respond? Uh, the scripture says it's, that it struck such a chord with the people that they responded by destroying their, their altars to false gods. They, they threw away their incense that they were burning to, to idols, Scriptures tell us this. And instead, they sacrificed to the Lord God. And they came to Jerusalem. And the scriptures say they celebrated greatly the Passover and remembered God's redemption. So they were like, they were, they were moved by King Hezekiah's message. They were moved by this message of turn to the Lord your God. We've not been doing what we should be turned to. And they were like, yes, yes, we know it and we feel it. They came to Jerusalem and they celebrated the Passover with great zeal and with great excitement. How much so? Well, let's read how much so. It's, it's very interesting. In 2 Chronicles chapter 30, verses 21 and 23, it says this. The Israelites who were present in Jerusalem, celebrated the festival of unleavened bread for seven days with great rejoicing, while the Levites and priests praised the Lord every day with resounding instruments dedicated to the Lord. Verse 23, listen to this, this is amazing. The whole assembly then agreed to celebrate the festival 
seven more days. So for another seven days, they celebrated joyfully. What is this? This is a double Passover, y'all. This isn't a seven-day Passover. This is a 14-day Passover. They, they were having so much fun in the first seven days. They said, no, we got to have more of this Passover. We got to have more. And remember, every day, the scripture says they were rejoicing. They were turning to the Lord. The priests were singing. They had their instruments out. The electric harps, they were going at it, man. It was amazing, right? Uh, unbelievable. Celebrating for seven days with great rejoicing and praising the Lord. Not enough. Seven more days and joyfully they volunteered for, for they volunteered for seven more days of matzah. Now, did you did you hear that, y'all? They they volunteered for seven more days of matzah. That's a wow. They had such zeal to serve God since they had not been passionate for him in so long. Remembering the bread of affliction quickened them to be grateful to God. So when they remembered the bread of affliction, because this was all about Passover, y'all. And so when they remembered the bread of affliction, which our people ate and symbolized how God saved us and our people had been afflicted, when they remembered that and when they saw how much God saved them, follow me on this, then that turned them to a sense of gratitude and appreciation and celebration and joy and repentance it turned them to the Lord when they considered the bread of affliction. Okay, so let me give you a final parallel. And I want to tell you this is pretty neat. So the bread of affliction is the matzah, which God said should remind us of how God saved us and spared us. That's what the matzah represents. And just as in King Hezekiah's days, when we allow the Lord to touch us, to repent, to change, and to turn to God, then it makes for us Passover so beautiful as we remember the bread of affliction and how God saved us. With all of this in mind, let's now read the passage of a different Passover a different Passover Seder that we see recorded in the scripture. Let's read just a little bit from the account of this other Passover Seder that happened. And I think it's gonna make more sense to you than it ever has before. This is a special Passover. It's the final Passover that Yeshua held with his Talmidim. Sometimes known as the, the last Seder. What did Yeshua do Mm, this is deep. What did Yeshua do as part of his Passover Seder with his Talmudim literally the day before he was going to go to the execution stake to uh, allow himself to be sacrificed for what purpose? For all of our sins as the Passover lamb. And his blood put on the door frames of our houses will make us clean and forgiven. What does he say? Luke chapter 22, verse 19. Hear what he says. What did he do? There it is. The Passover Seder is going on. Yeshua had the matzah. It wasn't a big loaf or a dinner roll. It was matzah, of course. It was unleavened bread. And it says in verse 19, and it says, he being Yeshua, and Yeshua took bread, gave thanks, 
and broke it and gave it to them saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Oof. There it is. Are you, are you following me from what we've been talking about? There it is. The bread of affliction represents Yeshua. The pain and suffering, the affliction that he took for all of us. And similarly, when we partake of the matzah during Passover, we're supposed to remember how God saved us. That's what the matzah is for in the Tanakh. What did Yeshua say? When you eat the bread, do this in remembrance of me, the bread of affliction, so that when we, as Messianic believers, partake of that matzah during Passover, our feelings should be like those in Hezekiah's days. It should stir repentance in us, just like those in Hezekiah's days. They were like, wow, and they heard about this, and they partook of the bread of affliction, and they remembered the affliction that was on our people, but how God saved us. And then they celebrated and they turned to the Lord and they threw out their, their altars to false gods. Similarly, Yeshua says, this bread represents me. This bread represents my body, <clears throat> which is what bread? It's the unleavened bread without sin. It's the bread of affliction. And we should do what? Remember the affliction that he took upon himself why for us? So that we could be saved and spared. The parallels are absolutely unbelievable. In this crazy corona season, my friends, there is a chance not to forget God like those who get out of the hospital and they forget all about God and they just go about their merry way. It's different now. Why? Because Corona has made us all stop. Everybody has stopped. And listen to King Hezekiah, even if you're still doing work, you're, 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 you're in your home, you can't go out, you can't do things like you did before. And so in this season, listen, listen to King Hezekiah. It's time to stop and think. It's time to turn to him now. It's time to repent and prioritize God like we should to remember, to remember his sacrifice and their bread of affliction and be thankful for everything that he did for us like the people in Hezekiah's day, but truly only more. Why? Because we have the Messiah. We have Moshiach. Because friends, if we do this, then this Passover will be like none that we've ever had before. Not because of the quarantine, but because we remember all that he did for us. The title of my message is Bread of Affliction. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin. Please like, subscribe, and share this link with a friend. We would be grateful to receive your tax-deductible gift to further the good news of Messiah Yeshua. To make a contribution, please click on the PayPal link in the description. 
Also, to view our regular services, click the link in the description for our YouTube channel. If you would like more information about Yeshua the Messiah or how you can become part of our Bethel family, please visit our website at www.bethalel.org. That's B-E-T-H-H-A-L-L-E-L.org. Or call 770-641-3000. If you are in the metro Atlanta area, please visit us for an Arab Shabbat service, Friday nights at 8 o'clock, or Shabbat services, Saturday mornings at 11. God bless and shalom. Nine, nine, nine.